Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Antonio Brown Karate School, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you doing this week? Pretty good. I've had so many people send me uh, that video clip of Antonio Brown. Like, A, I didn't see it on my own, and B, like, just anybody, not casual fans. Like, I can't believe how how much of that became like a viral phenomenon. <laughs> well, it was a pretty creative move. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten you know, suspended or more than just fined for I think, it. But uh, I think the NFL might be a little preoccupied with a couple other things going on in uh, their world yeah, right now than yeah, Antonio Brown's other, karate class. Some other videos. Yeah, the, the whole Ray Rice thing, I just think, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just been a disaster from start to finish. I mean, did the you know, did the NFL just suddenly wake up and realize that domestic abuse is bad when they have a video confronting them rather than just a written police report? And now it looks like at least somebody at the NFL had a copy of that video you know, back in April already. So I just, I don't see how this ends well. At the very least, you know, Roger Goodell's, reputation has been damaged probably beyond repair and you know i think it's more likely that uh, he'll probably have to look for new employment soon but we'll see what do you think is going to happen there i mean i just it's become such a big story not just among football fans and sports fans but nationally i mean like i'm getting like cnn alerts on my phone about it it's it's gotten that big I just don't see any way that Roger Goodell is going to be able to save face. Now Now the NFL is putting out, like, oh, he wasn't in the building the day in question when this video came in or didn't come in or whatever. Like, the whole thing's just so murky, and there's there's just no, like, positive way to spin it in any way, shape, or form. Not that I think there should be. I just I don't think anyone's going to come out of this looking even decently, let alone good. No, I just... Yeah, what did you think of the punishment for Ray Rice? Does that fit the crime, or would you have liked to see him banned for life or banned for four games, or where on the spectrum do you fall there? I mean, I thought two games was kind of a joke. Like, it's just, it's been so inconsistent with, uh, you know, you can accidentally take, you know, the wrong, the wrong, like, protein shake, and you're going to miss more time than, than Ray Rice was originally going to, and, Granted, I understand that maybe the NFL didn't see the video before. I sincerely doubt that. Or if they didn't see it, they really didn't try to. Um, But from the clip that was uh, out there before this week, I mean, there's there's very little way that you can assume that, you know, anything good happened in that elevator. Or I I mean, obviously you don't you don't want to assume the worst, but you kind of have to think that something something pretty bad happened the way that they came out of there and, and the circumstances. And I just don't think two games really covered uh, anything that could have happened. I, I just, it's hard to justify that when you've come down so strongly on players for uh, what some feel and I kind of feel like are lesser offenses. And the whole thing just was kind of bungled from the start, I think. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that and let's see what happens. Do you think Ray Rice should be allowed to play again after a certain time or is it too soon to tell or what do you think there? Uh, I I don't think he should be banned for life. Um, I think he should have the opportunity to play again. Um, Whether or not it's this season, I don't know. I don't know even if he was eligible, if a team would take a flyer on him right now. But uh, there are a lot of guys in the league that uh, and have previously been a part of the league that have done some some very questionable and and uh, things that have had really big ramifications. I mean, the Cowboys are going to take Josh Brent back, and he killed one of his own teammates. We all remember that. Dante Stallworth came back and played after he killed a man. Uh, it just obviously Ray Lewis had his whole his whole incident. But there's been. Uh, I mean, more players than we could name on the show right now that have have come back from bigger and uh, more difficult situations, I guess. This one's just become very, very public. 
And not to take away from how serious it is, because it is very serious, I just don't think that it constitutes a lifetime ban. If, you know, more videos come out or more incidents come up, then maybe it's a different story. But one singular incident, uh, which clearly was uh, not the ideal setting anyway, nothing good's going to happen that late at night in a casino uh, pretty much any night of the week, but it just nothing good was going to come out of this video. I just don't know if it should cost him his career. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, there's thankfully not much precedent for this, but yeah, uh, man, there have been two guys that have been charged with domestic abuse just in the past week, you know, since the mm-hmm. video started coming out, and Ray McDonald with the 49ers was playing Sunday against the Cowboys like nothing had happened. So you know, interesting really because you. Jim Harbaugh came out so. Uh, so adamant about how if if it had been someone on his team he would he'd bench them he'd get rid of them he'd release them this and that that they had, they kind of had a zero tolerance policy for that and then here we are he's going to play Sunday like nothing happened and I it's you talk big and then it becomes your own organization and and your tune kind of changes so it's interesting. Well, I think also it depends on the magnitude of the player if it had been somebody on the practice yeah. squad, it's a lot easier to make a sacrificial lamb out of someone like that than one of your starting defensive oh, linemen on a team that's already been decimated by injuries on the defensive side and suspensions on the defensive side of the ball. So let's mm-hmm. move on to more pleasant things like the games themselves. Yeah. But first, why don't you tell people how they can reach us if they want to chime in. Well, there are a number of ways to get a hold of us, as always. Uh, You can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always pop into the chat room on blogtalkradio.com, which is open as usual. You can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can also find Scott at the fantasy underscore Sherpa and myself at JKIM16. Uh, we also have the email address, same handle, the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. And feel free to hit us up anywhere along there. If you want to have your opinion heard, you have questions that you need answered, whatever works for you. And, uh, of course, we will be here until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday night. We're going to be looking at all of uh, Week two's matchups, telling you who to start and sit. So we've got some good stuff coming up for you. All right, let's get right into it then with the Thursday night game with the Pittsburgh Steelers who have had some malfeasance issues of their own lately with you know, playing yeah. at Baltimore. <laughs> Pittsburgh managed to eke out a victory against Cleveland last week. A little bit surprised that the game was as close as it was, but you know, there you go. And mm-hmm. Baltimore, I think we both picked Cincinnati to beat them uh, on the road last week, and sure enough, they did. But this week, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, the Thursday night game. You know, Baltimore obviously has been distracted this week. And, yeah, I was a little surprised, you know, pleasantly you know, how involved Steve Smith and uh, Dennis Pitta were in the offense last week. But I still think that Pittsburgh is going to find a way to win this. I'll say Pittsburgh 30, Baltimore 27, which is much higher scoring than I would have predicted for a game between these two teams a couple of years ago, but I think they've both uh, slipped quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball. What what do you think, Jana? Uh, I don't disagree too much with what you're saying. Um, I don't know if I believe it's going to be that high scoring just because these stupid Thursday night games never go the way I want them to, and they always kill my fantasy teams. (laughs) Um, But I I think that Pittsburgh's going to – going to eke one out here again uh i just think baltimore it was already a short week all this off the field stuff it's going to be hard for them to focus but like you said it's not going to be the the 9 to 12 you know down and dirty you know short field kind of game that we've usually seen from pittsburgh and baltimore these are definitely new look teams and their defenses have basically just aged out of the league and out of effectiveness at this point. They're not really the uh, the standouts that they used to be. Um, but fantasy-wise, I think that Ben Roethlisberger is more a second quarterback option. Again, this is 
more because it's a Thursday night game than anything else. So just too much weird stuff happens. You never get what you're expecting. Um, I just I try not to make that my only quarterback. Uh, I would start Le'Veon Bell uh, and Antonio Brown. Marcus Wheaton I like as a flex option. Like you said, there are going to be points to go around, and I think he could be an interesting uh, a flex option for you this week. I'm saying no to tight end Heath Miller. I think you're going to have better matchups. Baltimore obviously knows Heath Miller very well and the damage he can do against them. I am going to start the defense and kicker Sean Sweezum, though. And Dree Archer is out this week, although I don't think too many people would be starting him, even if he weren't out. I kind of uh, hope not. You'd have to be in a real deep league. Yeah. Well, Baltimore, Joe Flacco had to throw the ball 62 times last week in the loss against Cincinnati. Hopefully he won't have to throw it that often this week, but I still like him as a starting quarterback. I like wide receivers Torrey Smith and Steve Smith, and tight end Dennis Pitta. I like those guys a lot. I'm okay with starting running backs Justin Forsett and Bernard Pierce. Pierce looked to be in the doghouse after last week's game, Forsett getting the lion's share of the work there, but I don't expect that to continue going forward. Justin Tucker, the kicker, is a good start. I would not start Lorenzo Taliaferro, the running back, or wide receiver Marlon Brown or tight end Owen Daniel, and I would also stay away from the Ravens' defense this week. I don't have too much to argue about there. I'm sure I'll find something along the way. <laughs> I'm sure you will. So, second game up this week, the first of the Monday, I mean, the Sunday afternoon games, the early games. We've got Miami at Buffalo, and both of these teams won somewhat surprisingly last week. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little more impressed with Miami's victory than I was with. Buffaloes. That's not to say that uh, a, a road victory against a pretty formidable offense on opening day isn't a big thing, but I think the way Miami just more or less dismantled New England and made Tom Brady look old was quite impressive. I'm not ready to say that you know Ryan Tannehill is going to be an elite quarterback anytime soon, but I do think they have enough weapons to win this game. No Sean Moreno. Nice start to his Miami career Sunday. I'll say Miami wins this. Miami 27, Buffalo 20. I I like it. I think maybe Miami wins by 10. I obviously have always had a soft spot for the Dolphins. Um, I had a very angry Patriot fan uh, in my workplace this week. <laughs> very bitter about this. Um, but this Miami team has a lot more going for it than a lot of people, you know, gave them credit for coming into the season, and people are starting to see that a little bit. I think they're going to continue this week. I just don't think Buffalo is going to be able to quite keep up. I'm not totally sold on the whole EJ Manuel experience. Um, but I do like Ryan Tannehill more as a second quarterback option, uh, mainly because uh, I think you're going to have some better defensive matchups. And overall, I think they're going to be using, they're going to be relying more on Sean Marino than they are Tannehill. Definitely start Marino this week. Uh, Lamar Miller could be used as a flex. I like it a little better in a deeper league, but uh, either way, I think he'll see some touches. I am definitely going to start Brian or uh, Mike Wallace, Brian Hartline. I like as a flex option. I know you're not a big fan of his, but he is a down the field threat. Um, Tight end Charles Clay, uh, more a flex option. He is dinged up. It's not 100% sure he's going to play this week. If he does, start him as a flex. I don't know if I'd want to use up my only tight end spot on him. I am going to start the defense with saying no to kicker Caleb Sturgis. Well, if nothing else, after all the excitement last year, their offensive line seems to have gone incognito this year. So, so far, so oh, good I for them. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> all right. For Buffalo, I would start running back C.J. Spiller. I'm okay with starting quarterback E.J. Manuel, running back Fred Jackson, wide receiver Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, and Robert Woods, who had a good first game last week. Tight end Scott Chandler was an absolute bust last week, but I'm still not ready to give up on him. He's an okay flex option for me or a starting tight end in a much deeper league. Okay with starting the defense, but I would uh, sit kicker Dan Carpenter because I just don't think they're going to score enough points to make it worthwhile for him to be one of your starters. Oh, no, no, we're going to, I think we'll we'll have some kickers later as we go through the show that are definitely going to have more opportunities than Dan Carpenter and Caleb Sturgis are going to have. Probably. 
Speaking of which, the next game here, New England at Minnesota, was New England's performance last week, or are they possibly as bad as they looked last week? Minnesota, are they possibly as good as they looked? I think the answer to both of those mm-hmm. questions is probably no. <laughs> New England, yeah. Just, yeah, I think that was just you know getting a bad performance out of their system against a team that might not be as bad as I thought. Minnesota. Well, and I think that was just, I think the worst the worst team in the world, like position wise, right now is Minnesota because the last thing you want to see is a pissed off Tom Brady with something to prove. Well, I just think Minnesota isn't all that good, and they benefited from playing a team that's just in total disarray with their quarterback situation. It looks like they're going to be starting Austin Davis this week, the Rams are. But anyway, for New England and Minnesota, I'm really impressed by Cordero Patterson. I was pretty high on Mm -hmm. him coming into the season. They only threw the ball to him three times, but he did have those three rushes for 102 yards and the long touchdown. I still think New England figures out a way to regroup, and I don't think Minnesota is quite as good as they looked last week. So I'll predict that New England wins a pretty high-scoring game. I'll say New England 30, Minnesota 24. I could see New England winning this by by maybe even two touchdowns. I like – Minnesota has some good things, um, but – like I said, New England with something to prove. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's not exactly an offense I want to face. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of fantasy value out of New England this week. I'm definitely starting Tom Brady. I'm starting Shane Vereen. Uh, I'm going to start Julian Edelman. I like Danny Amendola as a flex option. It, New England's still not totally sure what they want to do with him yet, so clearly you shouldn't be putting a a possible hole in your your lineup for your fantasy team, but I think he's got a higher ceiling than some of your other options. Definitely going to start tight end Rob Gronkowski. I am going to start the defense and kicker Steven Goskowski. I actually like Ken Kenbrell Tompkins more than I do Amendola, but you know, he was a lot I like more Tompkins. Tompkins too. I just yeah. He was a lot more involved in the offense last week than Amendola was, and we'll see if that. Uh, trend continues or not. I just, I don't know, I'm not real keen on Amendola to stay healthy for any length of time, but we'll see how that plays out. No, but I'd like to get some points out of him while he is still in one piece. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't know that he's one of their two or three best receivers at this point, but we'll see how that plays out. For Minnesota, I like running back, for Minnesota, I like running back Adrian Peterson a lot this week wide receiver Cordell Patterson and tight end Kyle Rudolph. I think those are all really strong starts. Quarterback Matt Castle, not a bad second option as a quarterback. Wide receiver Greg Jennings had a good game last week, but I wouldn't start him as more than a flex option this week. Kicker Blair Walsh, I'll go, on, I'll go with him for a second straight week, saying he's a good start. I wouldn't start wide receiver Jarius Wright, and I would stay away from the Vikings defense this week. Fair enough. The Blair Walsh Project gets its second week. This is uh, breaking news out of the Sherpas camp. Well, I just I think they're going to be able to score points, and for me that's the, the main criterion for picking a kicker because I'm not smart enough to figure out, you know, when is a team going to score touchdowns versus field goals, so I tend to just <laughs> pick my kickers by going with the teams that I think are going to rack up a lot of points in a given week. So speaking of which, hey, well, that maybe not. But one guy that disproved that theory last week was Mike Nugent, who I think had five field goals. And Cincinnati racked up a fair amount of offense but didn't get into the end zone much. This week they're playing Atlanta, who also showed a knack for getting into the end zone last week, but not much of a knack at keeping their opponent out of the end zone. They were pretty fortunate to win that game against the Saints. I don't think against a better defense that they're going to have as much luck on offense. And I'll pick Cincinnati here. Matt Ryan looked really good last week. He looked like the Matt Ryan of 2012, but I'm just not totally sold on them yet. Let's see what they do against a stronger defense. I'll pick Cincinnati to win this by a field goal. I'll say Cincinnati 27, Atlanta 24. I agree. I think I'm a little more sold on on Cincinnati overall than I am on Atlanta right now. I would love to see Atlanta kind of return to form, go back to that 2012 look. Whether or not that's really going to happen, I 
I don't know, but I'm very interested to find out. I think this is going to be one of the better games to watch uh, in the early part of Sunday. I call it the morning games. You always laugh at me. But <laughs> um, if you lived on the West I, Coast, so, I would understand it. But if you live in North Carolina, I don't understand <laughs> that so much. I just I can't quit it. I can't. <laughs> it's just how I think of it. Um, but I I think that Cincinnati will sneak one out here, but it will be competitive. Fantasy-wise, Matt Ryan more a second quarterback option for me this week. Like you said, the defensive matchup is much tougher than uh, New Orleans, who didn't really seem interested in slowing anybody down, which, you know, that's their prerogative, I guess. Um, Stephen Jackson's more of a flex option at best for me. I'm okay with starting Julio Jones. Roddy White is a little banged up with the ever-present knee injury, but I think he's probably still okay to start. Harry Douglas, more of a flex option for me. Staying away from the tight ends, uh, no defense, no kicker Matt Bryant. It's going to be tough to find a ton of points here. I actually, I mean, I just have a soft spot for Levine Toilolo just because the guy's six foot eight. last year. I think he only had 11 yeah, receptions all year, and five of them went for touchdowns. And this week he had you know, three receptions and for 18 yards, but one of them was a touchdown. That guy, they really seem to like looking for him in the red zone, so I might I not. I like him. I just don't like him against the Cincinnati defense. Oh, fair enough. So for yeah. Cincinnati, I, I like quarterback Andy Dalton this week, like running back Giovanni Bernard a lot, like wide receiver A.J. Green a lot. I'm okay with starting wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. Tight end Jermaine Gresham should be a bigger part of their offense now that uh, Tyler Eifert is going to miss, miss at least six weeks. I like the defense, mm-hmm. and I like kicker Shane Graham. I'd stay away from running back Jeremy Hill. They definitely gave the lion's share of the carries last week to Bernard, so this doesn't look like it's going to be running back by committee anytime soon. Wide receiver Marvin Jones is still out, and Tyler Eifert, as we mentioned, is going to be out for, for quite a bit, starting with this week. Yeah, don't don't start him for a while. That's our no. number one tip right now. <laughs> yes, and that's that's why why we do the show to give you uh, really uh, earth shattering advice <laughs> like that. Right. So speaking of earth shattering, let's move on it. to a game. Let's move on to a game uh, that'll be near and dear to your heart. Your the the current Texas team versus the former uh, the team that also used to play in Texas. That would be Dallas on the road at Tennessee this week. This I think it's going to go either way. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think. You know, Dallas didn't show it's that they could stop anybody. It's not going to be as bad as uh, Probably not, but I think the outcome is going to be the same. But I think it'll be closer. Mm-hmm. I, I like Tennessee's defense. I know they lost one of their linebackers for the season this week, but I, I still think they have enough to hold off Dallas. And Dallas looked so good on that first drive against San Francisco. They just marched the ball right down the field. Then they got to the red zone and took a stupid penalty and, you know, had to settle for a field goal, and it seemed to be all downhill from there. Next, I think I looked up and Honestly, the Cowboys' defense didn't look quite as bad as I thought they were going to. They they almost, I don't know if I want to say pleasantly surprised, but they surprised me with their competence and the fact that they could occasionally stop you know, some offense, not all of it, but, you know, more than I expected them to. It would have been nice if we hadn't given 21 points away to start the game, but, you know, that's that's just me sitting on my couch. <laughs> well, speaking of 21 points, that's what I think Dallas is going to come up with this week. Unfortunately, <sighs> that leaves them a field yeah. goal short of my projected Tennessee score, so I'll go with Tennessee 24, Dallas 21. I would like to think that Dallas is going to win this game. And the fan in me says that they're going to, but realistically, I'm finding it hard to justify picking the Cowboys as much as I'd like to. I think Tennessee looks a little more with it. Their defense is definitely uh, a little better than Dallas's right now. And their offense it doesn't throw the ball straight to other defenders so far, so that's a leg up on them. Uh, so I I agree with you. I think it'll be very close. I think it'll probably come down to the last possession of the game. Um, but I just I this Cowboys team's a mess. 
Fantasy-wise, Tony Romo, only a second quarterback option. Normally he's a great fantasy option, not so great in real life, but even this week I don't know if I'd put uh, your team's hopes and dreams on him. I am still going to start DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant. Terrence Williams is more of a flex option for me. Absolutely going to start tight end Jason Wynn. He is the security blanket of this offense. Not starting the defense, no surprise there. Uh, I am going to start kicker Dan Bailey. I think that's where a lot of the points are coming from this week. So for Tennessee, I would start wide receiver Kendall Wright. Like him a lot, like tight end Delaney Walker a lot, like their defense Mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, Quarterback Jake Locker, I'm starting to come around on him a little bit. Still takes too many sacks and all, but he's he's better than I thought he was going to be. You're kicking the tires on Jake Locker, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... Not sure he's going to guide me to victory just yet, but I'll at least keep a more open mind than I've had in the past about him. So he's a second quarterback for me this week. Running back Sean Green, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought he would get the lion's share of the work over Bishop Sankey last week, but he actually had a pretty respectable game, had 70-some-odd yards and averaged five yards plus a carry. So good for him. Wide receivers Nate Washington and Justin Hunter, I think, are okay as starts this week. Kicker Ryan Suckup got his revenge against his former team last week, the Chiefs. I think he's okay to start this week. And running back Bishop Sankey is really the only skill position player I'd stay away from for Tennessee. If I can digress for just a second, we're talking about these games. I know a lot of people play in knockout pools. Last week, there were three teams that really jumped, or three games that really jumped out at me. Philadelphia, Jacksonville, which looked kind of scary for a while. And then there was uh, yeah. Chicago Chicago at Buffalo, which um, obviously didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. And then the Jets mm-hmm. and the Raiders. The Jets, that was a more closer game than I thought that was going to be. This week, I know you said that there were a couple games, like the New England-Minnesota game, that you don't think was going to be necessarily close, but this week, when I look up and down the games, the only one that really strikes me is Blowout City would be Denver hosting Kansas City. Other than that, there are no games that I can look at and say, oh, this is definitely at least a 10-point game. So I don't know if that's just a quirk in the schedule or whether it's just because it's too early in the season to really have a good feel for teams. But if I were in a knockout pool, I know people like to save good teams for later on, but at this point, you don't know who's going to be a good team in six weeks. You don't know who's going to be injured in six weeks. So if you've got that bullet in your your, chamber right now, I'd fire it this week. I'd take Denver over Kansas City as as my knockout pool pick, but how about you? Yeah, I I just, the first four weeks of the season for me are trying to figure everybody out. I mean, you have preseason, that's kind of a joke. You're not seeing uh, anybody really play against anybody else. Uh, a lot of times you're missing starters and this and that. So this is really the first couple of weeks where teams start to gel and we get a feel for who they're going to be, how they're going to play. Uh, obviously, like the Miami-New England game last week, we had a couple of teams that we thought for sure, we thought this was how it was going to go, and oops, are bad. <laughs> But that's that's yeah. the beauty of this league. I like that this week there's a lot of parity, especially where it's hard to predict, like, oh, well, who for sure is going to win by enough that I'm comfortable with a, a knockout pool. I mean, you know, maybe Washington over Jacksonville, but it just it's it's a tough week for that, but I think that makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah, it does. So back to the matter at hand here, the fantasy games this week the fantasy lineups this week. So we've got the game Jana just alluded to, Jacksonville and Washington. That would be a tough one for me to pick Washington as a knockout team this week. Jacksonville actually looked quite good for, you know, the better part of the first half there against the Eagles. And Washington looked pretty awful against the Texans, even though they did outgame them. And RG3, if you just looked at his surface statistics, his superficial stats, they looked pretty good. But still not getting it done and doesn't really appear to be the RG3 of 2012. But that all said, I still think Washington has enough offensive weaponry that they're going to prevail in this game. I like them by a touchdown, Washington 24, Jacksonville 17. 
I like them more by 10 points, uh, even with RG3 maybe not being the RG3 of old. Um, Jacksonville, while I liked some of what I saw against Philly, I'm not totally sold on them keeping it together enough to do that two weeks in a row. Uh, if there's one thing that Jacksonville has done to me over the years, it is, you know, every now and then they hit show flashes. They have something you think maybe they can build off it, and it there's no consistency. I would like to see that change, but I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Um, I like Chad Henney more as a second quarterback option. I am thinking about starting Toby Gerhardt, though. Uh, Marquise Lee as a flex option. Cecil Short's a third, the same. Uh, I'm going to say no to tight end Mercedes Lewis, no to the defense. But I am going to start kicker Josh Scobie, most consistent player on this team. My two thoughts on Jacksonville. First of all, I just think Toby Gerhardt, that's going to be an unmitigated disaster this season. Second of all, Alan Hearns. Possibly, Hearn, but I'm willing to ride it this week. <laughs> all right. So, Alan Hearns, then, what, do you, what did you make of his? He and um, Justin Forsett seemed to be one-two in a lot of waiver wires this week. You know, guys that weren't drafted that had a good first week. Are those guys going to be relevant in a couple of weeks, or are those guys just going back to the fantasy scrap heap? Um, with with Forsett, I think it's more likely that he'll be back in the waiver pool in a couple of weeks. Hearns, I think there's a chance for him to make an impact there. You know, Ace Sanders is out for four weeks. Shorts may play this week, but he looks like he's perpetually hurt. You know, Marquise Lee yeah. you know, had a good – if there were a rookie wide receiver I want on Jacksonville, it's definitely Marquise Lee rather than Alan Hearns. But that said, mm-hmm. I think Alan Hearns may not be a bad speculative pickup this week on the waiver wire. I don't know if he's necessarily a bad pickup for this week. I don't know if he's somebody I would hold on to long term just because I don't know if this Jacksonville offense can put up enough points to make it worth the while. Um, if I had to pick one for you know the next two or three weeks, I might go Justin Forsett just because I think he's going to get the first crack at the job in Baltimore and it's his to lose mainly just because he's got more of the experience. But I just, I mean, I think they're neck and neck for a reason. I think they're going to give you about the same amount of fantasy value over the next two or three weeks. I think if I had the first pick this week and I needed a running back, I'd be more likely to go with one of the Cleveland rookie running backs, either Terrence West or Isaiah Crowell, but we'll talk more about them later. For Washington this week, uh, quarterback RG3, I would start this week, like him a lot in this game. Running back Alfred Morris looked good the first week of the season. Wide receivers Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, that's going to be a pretty formidable tandem as the season goes on. Like the defense, running back Roy Hallou, I think he's going to get enough touches that you can and targets that you can start him as a flex option in a deeper league. Wide receiver Andre Roberts, a little bit of a disappointment first week, but I'm still willing to start him. Kicker Kai Forbath, okay. The tight end situation is a mess. Doesn't sound like Jordan Reed is going to play. Niles Paul, good week last week. We see somebody, and he had flashes at the end of last season, too, where he was a viable fantasy starter, but I'm just not going to drop say Garrett Graham or or Scott Chandler to pick up Niles Paul, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sold on him. Yeah, and Logan Paulson, same thing. You know, I just I, I'd stay away from the Washington tight end situation this week until it sorts itself out. Yeah, yeah, I can I can work with that. All right. Speaking of working with things, this this next game is is going to be painful for me. But uh, the Giants looked absolutely horrible Monday night. I did pick them to win last week. Shame you, on me. you and I both had we had a tough weekend last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was rough for the fourth and inches crew. It was, but I mean, at least Dallas showed some signs of life on their first drive. The same could not be said for Eli Manning and the West Coast offense mm. that they've installed there. But Arizona's, I wouldn't say they look dominant against St. Louis. I mean, uh, San Diego more that they eked out a victory, but yeah, I just. Their defense is strong enough, and they have enough signs of life on offense, especially 
if it turns out that Ellington is, is healthy enough to play, I just uh, I, I don't think the Giants' offense can stay on the field long enough to do much damage. I think this is a game where I might be tempted to Arizona in a knockout pool, but I'll say Arizona wins this by 10 points. Arizona 27, Giants 17. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. Um, what we saw on on Monday night with Arizona, with Carson Palmer leading the charge coming back on San Diego, I mean, that's that's the whole reason Arizona went out and got, got Carson Palmer. I mean, having the difference between having a veteran quarterback in the fourth quarter and, you know, having a rookie or somebody who's not as experienced, that's, that's the answer right there. I mean, that's, did you want John Skelton in there or did you want Carson Palmer? That's the difference in your game. Um, exactly. And I I just – this Giants team looks so disjointed. Eli Manning looks so uncomfortable. They have a lot of turnover, especially on both offensive and defensive line. And, you know, their running game is kind of in flux. They had David Wilson, and they don't have him now. And it's just – there's too many moving parts. This Giants team does not look like a cohesive unit at all. Uh, and like you said, it was it was a tough one last week. I think this week they'll get a little more to build on. You've got a West Coast team coming out east for an early start. Um, there's something to be said for that. I just still think that Arizona is probably going to have a little more in the tank, even with the travel, than the Giants this week. Fantasy-wise, Carson Palmer is really only a second quarterback option for me because, granted, I think he's going to help them facilitate winning this game. But I don't know if I love the matchup versus some of the other ones. I am going to start Jonathan Dwyer, Andre Ellington, Larry Fitzgerald, and Michael Floyd. I'm staying away from the tight ends. I will start the defense and uh, the kicker, though. So for Arizona, the one thing that um, struck me last week is um, the rookie ride receiver, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, John Brown. You know, looked pretty good. So he's somebody that I would keep an eye on. As long as Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd are there, he's probably at best a third wide receiver. But depending on what happens with their running game, Arizona may be throwing the ball more as the season goes on. For New York. Well, and it, it's not like Arizona's been a picture of health over the last few seasons either. I mean, he may very well get a chance by some other means. It's true. I mean, the wide receivers have generally not been the ones that have been beset by injuries, but we'll see. I mean, they've got two good ones ahead of them, but we'll, yeah, like you said, he'll, he'll more, more likely than not get a chance at some point this season. For the Giants, Victor Cruz, I'll give him a do-over. Last week was abysmal. This week I think it'll be slightly better, so I would start him. Tight end Larry Donald play, was about the only bright spot for the Giants on offense last week. I would start him. Running back Rashad Jennings, more of a flex option for me. Defense, I'm okay with starting. I, I think Arizona wins easily, but I don't think they're going to rack up a ton of points. Quarterback Eli Manning, as you alluded to before, just looked really out of sync last Monday. Not sure that much is going to change in six days, so I'd keep him on the bench. Rookie running back Andre Williams didn't get much playing time. Keep him on the bench. Wide receiver Ruben Randall, a lot of people predicting a breakout for him this season. I'm more of the show-me mindset first, especially when it comes to fantasy. So don't start him this week. Stay away from Odell Beckham, who's still injured, and stay away from kicker Josh Brown because they're just not going to score that many points. Fair enough. Uh, and we are about 20 minutes out from the end of the show, so let's get cracking here. All right. <laughs> So here's here's an odd game in the sense that New Orleans has their um, you know New Orleans has their second road game to start the season with. Last week, of course, they they pretty much gift wrapped the game and gave it away to Atlanta at the end. This week they're at Cleveland. This is another game that I might consider in a knockout pool this week, but I, I think. You know, Cleveland showed more offense than I would have thought last week against Pittsburgh, but maybe that says more about Pittsburgh's defense than it does Cleveland's offense. When you all, when all wrapped up and you know put a bow on it, I'll say New Orleans 30, Cleveland 21. Uh, yeah, I, I think Cleveland is still an interesting watch right now, but New Orleans is a superior team. I think fantasy-wise, we got a lot of value here. 
Um, the Cleveland defense isn't too shabby, but New Orleans, just their offense is going to overpower them. I'm definitely going to start Drew Brees. I like Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas this week. Absolutely going to start Marquise Colston. And I'm going to go ahead and start Brandon Cooks. I liked what I saw last week. I like Ted and Jimmy Graham, naturally. Going to start the defense because Cleveland, even if they score 21 points, that's better than a lot of other defensive matchups. But I'm saying no to kicker Shane Graham. Uh, I think this is going to be more of a touchdown game than a field goal game. For Cleveland, the only guy I really like this week for them is wide receiver Andrew Hawkins. Quarterback Brian Hoyer, more of a second. Quarterback running backs Terrence West and Isaiah Crowell, more flex options for me, although both looked good last week against Pittsburgh. Wide receiver Miles Austin showed nothing in the opening week of the season, but I'm still willing to take a chance on him as a flex option. Quarterback Johnny Manziel not getting into the game so don't start him. Running back Ben Tate's going to miss two to four weeks with a leg injury. Keep him on your bench. Wide receiver Travis Benjamin, no. Tight end Jordan Cameron, banged up. I wouldn't start him, even though it sounds like he's going to play. And if he doesn't play, I would not start Gary Barnage. Don't start the defense and stay away from kicker Billy Cundiff. Oh, Billy Cundiff. All right, let's keep rolling. So next game, (laughs) I, I think this is one of the more interesting, more intriguing games of the week. I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams at this point in the season. I'm talking about Detroit visiting Carolina. Carolina, Derek Anderson surprised me last week. I didn't think he had it in him, but he did. Uh, They get Cam Newton back this week, which I think will help, but I think Detroit has a little bit too much offense for Carolina. I'll pick Detroit in a coin flip game. I'll say Detroit 28, Carolina 27. I'm going to actually go the other way and pick Carolina. This is something that almost never happens where I actually pick uh, Carolina to win a game. Uh, Cam Newton looks like he's going to be back this week. I think that's going to change the look of things a little bit for Carolina. Um, And I'm interested to see what their offense is going to look like that way. Detroit, they have good, good moments, and they have moments that make me crazy. I just... Every time I I get on board and I buy in, something terrible happens and they just start losing games. So this is one of the games I absolutely want to watch this week because, like you said, it's a coin flip. But fantasy-wise, I'm going to take Matt Stafford. I will start him this week. Uh, If Reggie Bush plays, I'm going to start him as well. Uh, Joyke Bell is more of a flex option for me. Probably either way, whether or not Reggie Bush plays, obviously he's going to be elevated if he doesn't. But Calvin Johnson is an absolute start. I'm going to start Golden Tate as well. Staying away from the tight ends, kickers, and defense. For Carolina, I like quarterback Cam Newton. Wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin was one of the more impressive rookies opening week of the season. Like the looks of him, start him. Tight end Greg Olson is worth starting. D'Angelo Williams didn't look bad. He's a flex option. Mike Tolbert is a flex option in the deeper league. Wide receiver Jericho Cotri is okay in the deeper league. Kicker Graham Gano is good. Defense, I think, will be okay starting this week. Stay away from running back Jonathan Stewart, wide receiver Jason Avon, and tight end Ed Dixon. All right. Works for me. So, moving on to the late games on Sunday, we've got Seattle at San Diego. Seattle definitely looked like they were still no Super Bowl hangover there. They looked like they were... Yeah, in fine form against Green Bay last week. Uh, I think they'll win this game pretty handily. I just don't think San Diego will be able to muster enough offense to keep up. I'll say Seattle 28, San Diego 17. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I think San Diego is going to put up a little bit more of a fight, uh, but Seattle, it's just hard to pick against them right now. Um So I'll keep it short and sweet. Fantasy-wise, start Russell Wilson, start Marshawn Lynch, start Percy Harvin, start tight end Zach Miller, start the defense, but stay away from the rest of the wide receivers and kicker Steven Hauschka. (laughs) For San Diego, I would start running back back Ryan Matthews, who's also a running back, and wide receiver Keenan Allen. (laughs) And quarterback Phillip Rivers, more of a second quarterback for me this week, running back Danny Woodhead, flex option, Tight ends, Antonio Gates and Ladarius Green. Gates got the lion's share of the looks last week. Who knows going forward? I think both of those guys are more second tight ends at this point. Start the defense. Stay away from wide receivers Malcolm Floyd and Eddie Royal. And stay away from kicker Nick Novak. 
So All right. moving right along here, we've got the land of the Misfit Toys Game of the Week, and that's St. Louis at, or the Island of Misfit Toys Game of the Week, St. Louis at Tampa Bay. Uh, it's just impossible. To, if, if there's one thing we learned in week one that I think you can pretty much hang your hat on is that St. Louis is in for a long season. Speaking of long, Chris Long, they're you know, losing him for a yeah. long time now. So that's not going to help their defense, although they probably have enough other playmakers to overcome his loss. But that doesn't solve their problem at quarterback. Eh, this just has all the makings of a 2-14 and 14 or 4-12 and 12 season. I think Tampa Bay will get their first victory of the season last year. I think it took them until game nine to get their first win this year. I think they get it in week two. I'll say Tampa Bay 24, St. Louis 13. Yeah, this is definitely Tampa Bay's week. Uh, anyone who's playing St. Louis is probably going to be a good survivor pull pick for a while. Uh, like you mentioned, it looks like it might be Austin Davis under center this week. They're still allegedly unsure if Sean Hill will play. I kind of don't see it happening. So regardless of who's under center, probably not a great start at second quarterback option at best. Zach Stacy's more of a flex option. Um, I'm okay with starting Brian Quick and tight end Jared Cook. Somebody's got to score some points. I think those are your best options. Um, going to start kicker Greg Thurline. I don't know how much they're going to be able to get in the end zone, but Greg the leg can probably seal the deal. Uh, and I'm thinking about starting the defense. Even though they are banged up, they are still one of the better ones in the league, and it's not like Tampa Bay is going to light the world on fire uh, points-wise. So I think that's still a pretty good option. I think... St. Louis uh, quarterback, you know, I, I think Chris Berman would probably nickname him Sean Over the Hill if he were giving out nicknames to Sean Hill, which my guess is that he isn't. <laughs> but moving right along here, Tampa Bay quarterback Josh McCown, like him a lot this week. Wide receiver Vincent Jackson, pretty quiet last week. I like him this week. He's steady as they come. Like the defense against that anemic offense. Running back Doug Martin, if he plays, he's a flex option. Uh, regardless of whether he plays or not, I still like Bobby Rainey as a flex option this week. Wide receiver Mike Evans, flex option. Tight ends Austin Safarian Jenkins, if he's healthy enough to play, is a flex option or a second tight end. Brandon Myers, same thing. He had a lot of targets last week and a lot of catches with Safarian Jenkins out, but I still like um, him only as a second tight end. Kicker Patrick Murray is okay, and I would sit running back Mike James, and you'll be happy to know that I have a, a fantasy team this year that's nicknamed, or the team name is Roth Safarian, so I, I have a <laughs> special uh, investment in him. So, um, Very nice. On, I like that. <laughs> thank you. I can cheer for him and sound like I mean it. So Houston at Oakland, this is another game that Island of Misfit Toys but somebody's got to win it. I'll say Oakland looked a little bit better than Houston did last week, even though Houston was the team that actually won. Like the look of Derek Carr, I'll say Oakland wins this 27, Houston 24, although I am impressed. Uh, Arian Foster looks like he's a little healthier than, than I thought he was, so he may be in for a good season. I am going to actually take Houston in this one. I think it's a close game. It may be a pretty good game, but... Uh, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I like Arian Foster as well as Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Staying away from the tight ends, no defense, and no kicker. So I think we're going to see some points in the air here this week. Oakland, I like quarterback Derek Carr, wide receiver James Jones, tight end Michael Rivera, who's quietly uh, developed into a pretty decent pass-catching tight end, at least a second tight end in fantasy. Maurice Jones-Drew may or may not have a hand problem. Uh, regardless, he has a yardage problem, so he's at best a flex option for me. Wide receiver Rod Streeter looked good at times last week. And I don't like him as much as James Jones, even though Jones is nominally the third wide receiver there, but I still like Jones more than Streeter. Kicker Sebastian Yanikowski, I stayed away last week. This week I think he's okay to start. Defense should be okay this week. Running back there in McFadden, hard to believe, was their leading rusher with 15 yards last week. Stay away. Stay away from Latavius Murray and stay away from Marcel Reese. All right. Moving so on. Next up, next up we have the game, which I alluded to earlier, is my knockout pool special of the week. 
no, well, never mind. Um, Kansas City at Denver, I I just don't see how Kansas City is going to stay close in this. They have no passing game whatsoever. I don't think Dwayne Bowe's return is going to change that. I just, this game, I don't see how this is close at all. I'll, I'll pick Denver to win this. This is probably the biggest uh, margin I'll pick all season, but I'll pick Denver 41, Kansas City 10. That's a that's a bold bold margin. It's hard to argue with it. I just after seeing, I mean, it's hard to say Peyton Manning's not going to score that many points, and Kansas City just looks like such a mess. It's amazing to go from how they were last year to this year. Um, I think they're going to put some points up. I just don't think there's going to be anywhere near enough to win this game. I think you can start Alex Smith. You can start Jamal Charles and Donnie Avery. I might even use Dwayne Bowe, maybe more as a flex option. But uh, say no to the tight end. Absolutely do not in any realm start the defense. And I just I don't really think there's going to be enough there to start the kicker, uh, Cairo Santos, either. It's just going to be a weird game. I want to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be a weird game. This reminds me of the Jacksonville-Denver game last year where I think Denver was favored by 29 points or so. I'm sure they're not favored uh, yeah. by that much here, but I'm, I'm sure that the end result will be similar. For Denver, I would start quarterback Peyton Manning, running back Monty Ball, wide receiver Demarius Thomas, tight end Julius Thomas, kicker Brandon McManus, and the defense. Emmanuel Sanders looked good last week, more of a flex option for me this week. Running backs Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson stay away. Stay away from wide receivers Wes Welker and Andre Caldwell and Cody Latimer. Okay. We All right, are moving right in along the, here. Uh, home stretch here. Next to the late Sunday games, or as Jana likes to call them, the afternoon games. The we've afternoon got the Jets games. <laughs> at Green Bay. And uh, much as I'd like to see the Jets do well, I, I just don't really see it happening. Green Bay, they have some problems to overcome. This was evidenced in the Seattle opener, but I just think that the Jets are going to make them, their defense look a lot better pretty quickly. I, I like Green Bay by two touchdowns in this game. I'll say Green Bay 31, New York 17. I think that uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a beat down like you do. I think this is probably a good survivor pool pick, too, although the Jets, they kind of scare me sometimes. You just never really know what you're going to get. I think that Green Bay is just going to overpower them. The offense is just – the disparity there is just too great. Uh, fantasy-wise, Geno Smith's more second quarterback option. I like Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson and even Eric Decker, I think, this week. Uh, definitely not going to start tight end Jeff Cumberland. You've got way better options in other games. Same to the defense, we know Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are going to put some points up, and no two-kicker Nick Folk. There's just not going to be enough there for him. For Green Bay, start quarterback Aaron Rodgers, wide receivers Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. James Starts looked pretty decent last week in relief of Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is supposedly going to play and is over his concussion, but there are also reports that that may have been as much as his third concussion already in his career if you count college. So I'm not real keen on Eddie Lacy this week. I'd stay away from him. James Starks, more of a flex option. But if you're going to start a Green Bay running back this week, I think Starks is a better play, although I don't think either one of them is necessarily a great play against the Jets front seven. Wide receiver Jarrett Boykin, they used him as a decoy last week. That's going to change this week. He's a good flex option. Tight end Andrew Corliss. Yeah, I, I like him more than I like tight end Richard Rodgers this week just because he's healthier. And when Rodgers was sidelined last week, they did throw Corliss the ball. I think he had five receptions. So I think he's okay as a flex option. Stay away from Eddie Lacy and John Kuhn. Stay away from wide receiver Devontae Adams and stay away from Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you there, especially on the running backs. Just, it's a tough one this week for them. All right. For the Sunday night game, or as, as Jana would probably like to call it, the late afternoon game. The late afternoon. We have, <laughs> we've got Chicago. At, that's the, after, the late afternoon game for the West Coast contingent. So we've got Chicago at San Francisco. Both those teams, I don't know, Chicago, just their offense, I think, should have done much better against Buffalo than they did. I realize that 
Marshall and and Jeffrey are both nicked up, but I, I still think they should have, with Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett, they should have had more than enough offense to put away Buffalo, Absolutely. but they didn't. That brings this game into question. San Francisco, their defense was better than I thought it would be against the Cowboys' offense. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it all adds up to San Francisco winning this game fairly handily. I'll say San Francisco 31, Chicago 21. Yep, I've got the same score. I think San Francisco wins this easily. Um, I am still going to start Jay Cutler and Matt Forte. Alshon Jeffrey, more of a flex option for me. I think I'm going to go ahead and start Brandon Marshall this week. He is a little less dinged up. Uh, I I think I like tight end Martellus Bennett, and I'm saying no to the defense, no to kicker Robbie Gold. There's, like we said, it's not going to be enough points there for uh, for the kicker. For San Francisco, I like quarterback Colin Kaepernick, wide receiver Anquan Bolden, who I think is an underrated fantasy option still. For whatever reason, Kaepernick and Michael Crabtree just don't seem to be in sync. It, it uh, tight work. No, I, I don't know why, but Bolden, you know, you know, who obviously he went a lot later than Michael Crabtree in every fantasy draft mm-hmm. I did this fall, and yet uh, I think Bolden may well turn out to be their best fantasy receiver still. Uh, tight end Vernon Davis, a good start. Till they, till Boston, the kicker, a good start. Defense, good start. Wide receiver, I mean, running backs, Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde, not quite sure how that's going to shake out this week. Long term, I expect Hyde will probably usurp Gore as the starting running back. But for now, I think they're both decent flex options. Wide receivers, Michael Crabtree, not so keen on him. Flex option at best. And wide receiver Steven Johnson, I know he barely made the team, but if Crabtree keeps playing or not playing the way he has been, I think Steve Johnson will will have a crack at at getting some uh, more playing time in the not-too-distant future. So that's my take on uh, San Francisco-Chicago this week. So that leaves us with one final game, which should be a, a pretty good Monday night game, and that's Indianapolis hosting Philadelphia. Indianapolis, they looked pretty good on the road against Denver, but didn't quite have enough to overcome Peyton Manning's fast start. Philadelphia, they were like Rip Van Winkle, only they slept about 20 minutes instead of 20 years. (laughs) I just... A little different, but close. (laughs) A little different. In football terms, it's probably about the same. But here, Mm -hmm. I I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think it's close, but primarily because they're at home. I'll give Indy the advantage. I'll say Indianapolis 31, Philadelphia 28. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I like it more like Philly 35, Indy 31. Um, I just, I I don't know, just a feeling. I'm inter- I'm very interested in watching this one, though. Uh, definitely going to start Nick Foles. I think he's going to get over the jitters of last week. I'm starting with Sean McCoy and Darren Sproles. <clears throat> I'm going to start Jeremy Macklin. Riley Cooper's more of a flex option for me. Stay away from the tight ends, uh, Brent Selleck, Zach Ertz, anybody they're throwing out there. It's just not going to be worth it. I'm saying no to the defense. Like I said, it's going to be high scoring, and no to kicker Cody Parkey. I actually like Zach Ertz you know, after what he did last week, and Jordan Matthews, their rookie uh, wide receiver. I'm not saying that he's uh, necessarily a fantasy starter right away, mm-hmm. but you know, Riley Cooper flounders or Jerry Macklin gets hurt again, you know, I think he would be a legitimate, uh, at least a flex option. So you'll be an interesting, both uh, Earths and uh, Matthews will be interesting guys to keep your eyes on as the mm-hmm. season goes along. So for Indy, like Andrew Luck a lot this week, wide receiver Reggie Wayne showed he still got it last week to start him. T.Y. Hilton, not sure a great game last week, but I think he'll be better this week to start him. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, start him. Uh, running backs, Trevor Richardson and Ahmad Bradshaw. Not too keen on either, but they're okay as flex options. Wide receiver, Hakeem Nix, okay as a flex option. Tight ends, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, okay as flex options. Defense, okay to start. And stay away from wide receiver, Dante Moncrief. All right, perfect. So that wraps up the week two previews for us. Uh, We will be back next Wednesday night. Uh, Time to be determined. I will be traveling, so we'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, but you can find us all week long at the fantasyfootballsherpa.com, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. And of course, at our personal Twitter handles, I'm JKIM16, and the Sherpa is fantasy underscore Sherpa. 
You can email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. And, of course, if you have any questions on who to start and sit come Sunday, feel free to hit us up there. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks, Janet, for the show. Good night, everyone.